Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And this episode is going to be a special one. Um, I don't have a guest. This this just me. Um, this this episode will be very special to me because by the time you hear this, I'll be celebrating my daughter's ninth birthday. Her birthday is September 18th. For those who may not know, my daughter was born three months early. Um, she spent 84 days in the NICU unit. And what I'm about to do, I'm about to tell you the story of her journey into this life. So I'm going to walk you, I'm going to bring you up to speed. Everything really started off in early September. Um, I got a call. Ironically, I was just getting uh, just getting started at Walter Reed. But that's I just transferred there not even a whole week. It may have been like four days. Um, it, I was so new. When I got the call, they didn't even know how to reach me, but somehow um, they reached me and they told me my wife was in the hospital. Um, first, she just went for like a routine checkup, but they told her that she needed to stay. So um, I get to the hospital, um, I get the word, I get to the hospital. Um, they tell her that she has preeclampsia. So, um, she, we thought she would be able to come home, but they told my wife that she wouldn't be able to come home until she delivered the baby. Of course, that was pretty devastating, but we thought, okay, well, you know, hopefully she can hold out and uh, the baby will be born, you know, later. So my wife was in the hospital for a couple of days. Um, she she was just with really, um she had a, she started to feel some discomfort in her leg. This is probably about, uh, maybe about, we were there probably about maybe a little over a week. So she started to feel some discomfort in her leg. Um, so they take her down to get an x-ray. And while we're getting the x-ray, we're talking to the the tech, the, the x-ray tech. And the x-ray tech is telling my wife how her how her child was a preemie. And, you know, we both, me and my wife, look at each other like, wow, like, you know, we don't know what to make of the information. Um, we're just like, well, you know, hopefully our child doesn't be a preemie. But, you know, I guess, you know, if she would be a preemie, then the tech job was just to show us that like everything would be okay. So my wife gets her x-ray, comes back negative, nothing's wrong. So I told my wife, I'm like, I think that's just a sign from God that we needed to talk to this lady to reassure us that everything would be okay. So we, she has her x-ray, another couple of days go by. Um, it's a Saturday, Saturday, September the 17th. Um, it's getting kind of late. It's about maybe, maybe about 9.45. Um, I look at my wife. My wife was tired. And I told her, well, um, I want to go watch the, the Floyd Mayweather fight. He happened to be fighting that night. So I said, you know, would it be okay if I go watch the fight? I mean, she was kind of reluctant, but she was like, okay, go ahead. So I went to Arundel Mills Mall because we were in, uh, we were in Annapolis. So Arundel Mills Mall was the closest place showing the fight. So 
I went to watch the fight. Well, I tried to go watch the fight and the fight was sold out. So I called my uncle who lived in Capitol Heights. I'm like, hey, did you order the fight? He like, yeah, you, I ordered it, you can come on through. So I didn't tell, I didn't tell my wife that I went all the way to Capitol Heights to watch the fight. I mean, she was asleep. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure nothing gonna go wrong. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna go to Capitol Heights, watch the fight, get back to the hospital. No big deal. So I'm watching the fight. Um, ironically, it was when Floyd Mayweather fought Victor Ortiz. So Floyd knocks him out like the fourth round. I, and then I get a call. Um, my wife like, you need to get back here ASAP to the hospital. So I'm telling, I had to tell her, well, I'm coming from Capitol Heights. So of course she was upset because she thought I was just going down the street, you know, not down the street, but I wasn't going at, she didn't think I was going that far to watch the fight. So, I mean, she was upset, but it, but considering everything going on, I mean, she couldn't be with so upset. So I'm doing about 90 miles per hour all up the road. I'm going 90 up 50. I'm just flying. I get from Capitol Heights to Annapolis in probably like 15 minutes. So I get there. Um, they're telling us that they're going to have to deliver the baby. So of course, you know, me and my wife were nervous. It's, it's, around, it's a little after midnight. Um, they tell us, okay, we'll, you know, we'll, we, we may have to, we'll wait till the morning, but like I, I thought they were actually going to deliver her like soon as I got there, but for whatever reason, they waited. Um, they waited until the morning. So, you know, we got, I wouldn't say we got a good night's rest. We just, we somehow fell asleep. So we fell asleep, we wake up. Um, my wife, both of us, we start telling our families, hey, you know, the baby's coming early. So, you know, you know, let's go ahead. You know, we need just, you know, giving them heads up. So my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, a lot of people come to the hospital. Um, they get there maybe about 9.30. So everybody gets to the hospital. Both of our families are there. Um, it's time, you know, they come and get us. They come and get us for the delivery. So, you know, they we go back there. First of all, this is like one of the coldest rooms I've ever been in in my life. It's extremely cold. Um, they asked my wife, hey, uh, do you, are you getting up a door? And my wife like, yeah, you know, she's getting up a door. So <laughs> I don't know if anybody's familiar with them, but so what they did, they, they put my wife on the table and they told me, hey, you need to hold her hand. So I'm holding both her hands um, and she's looking at me and I'm looking at the doctor and I see the needle. Now, I'm not afraid of needles at all, but when I saw the size of this needle, even I was scared. And I'm like, wow, she's about to, they about to stick this needle in her. And I, I don't, I think my, I think it's good that my wife didn't see the size of that needle. Cause if she had seen the size of that needle, I don't think she would have let them stick her with it. But I think she saw my facial expression change when I saw the needle. So, um, they gave her the needle and I'm just like, man, and at that point, I knew, like, listen, I know, you know, physically men are bigger and, and 
you know, lift more weights and strong and all that stuff. But at that moment, I realized that women are pretty much stronger than men because ain't no way in hell I would have took that needle. So you could say, well, maybe women are stronger than you. I don't know. But the size of that needle, I, most humans wouldn't take it. But anyway, so um, 11.49 hits uh, and they pulled my daughter out. So um, she's early. She's only one pound, one ounce. And one of the uh, nurses, because she's so small, she's a microprene, so she's so small, the nurses are on standby. So they they yell in the room. They're like, boy or girl? So the doctor yells out, girl. And you can hear the nurse scream, yes. And the reason she screamed yes is because black girls have the highest survival rate in the NICU. It's like, it's in the mid to upper 70% that they survive. So they they take they take my daughter out. They they take her to a room. So they ask me, do you want to see her? And I'm like, yeah. So my wife's still laying on the table because she's been operating. You know, they, she's going through the C-section. So I see the baby first. So um, I go into the room. I see my daughter. And I tell my wife all the time. I don't know if she believes me or not, but my Nia actually went. Like she, you could see her like struggling to open one eye, like just to let me know, like, hey, I'm gonna be okay. Like, and I'm like, okay. So she gives me like this wink and I'm like, okay, I know she's gonna be good. But saying that, I mean, nobody wants to see their child fighting for their life. So her official birth was one pound, one ounce, at 11.49 a.m. So fast forward a couple hours, um, you know, she's in the NICU. They they take her to the NICU, you and my wife for a little bit. So they say, okay, you know, you can, you can go see her. So I go in the NICU and I see her and she's hooked up to like all these machines and just, you know, helping her breathe and just monitoring her. And I absolutely lost it. So I get out in the hallway and I start crying. I've never, even till this day, I've never been so heartbroken in my life just seeing uh, just seeing my child, knowing that she's fighting for her life. It, it just really got to me. Like, it just tore me to pieces. And I remember my sister, my sister was, my sister, and my father-in-law, they both were consoling me. And my father-in-law was like, you, like he was like, you got to get it together, James. You got to get it together. And I'm going to be honest, at that moment, I didn't know how. Like, I just was so heartbroken, like, just to see my child fighting and just hearing him say, you got to get it together. It's like, I, I'm trying, but I, I just, I just, I just, at that moment, I couldn't. So I, I'm just... I'm just crying and like, I mean, just uncontrollable. So I don't even know how long I cried, but eventually probably, I guess about maybe 10 minutes. So finally I somehow got myself together. So I go upstairs, I talk to my wife and then she was pretty, you know, she was pretty upset too, but she got a chance to see her. Um, 
my cousin uh, JP came up. He came to see me. He came like that night. He came to see the baby. He came to see see the family. Uh, my friend John, and felt like just to have that support, just to have them there. It was just the biggest blessing that I can think of. Just having them there, and um, I needed it. Like people, you know, sometimes people won't say what they need, but I truly needed that support because I had no idea the um, fight I was going to go through. So it's around maybe like they come see me around about 8, 8.30 and then maybe about 10.30, 11 o'clock, my wife falls asleep and I'm like, okay, well, it's time to go home. And it hit me that, you know, I'm going to go home by myself. So I started crying again because you know, this is supposed to be one of the happiest days of my life. You know, I'm having, I got, I've just had my first child, um, but my child got to stay in the hospital and my wife got to stay in the hospital. So I'm going home alone. So I come back the next day. Um, you know, it's the same, same thing. We, we, you know, we see our daughter, we see her fighting and just knowing like she, you know, she just battling, you know, that's, that's a tough thing for any parent. So ironically, because my wife had the surgery, she got to stay a couple of days, you know, in the hospital. So I think that helped my wife, you know, deal with the situation because she didn't have to really leave her child. Like she could always, you know, even though she wasn't in a room with her, she was able to, you know, at least just be in the same building. But fast forward a couple of days, you know, after my wife has her surgery, she has to go home. So a couple, you know, so we, you know, we have to say goodbye, you know, not, you know, we, we say, you know, I say our goodbyes and to Nia. Um, and we were just so heartbroken because this was the first night that we had to leave our child alone. So that night we left. Um, it was, it was really hard. That, that was, that was one of the hardest things that we've ever done. I, I know I, I can say for sure with my wife, that was one of the hardest things we've ever done. Leaving your child in the hospital, you know, this is the child we've been waiting to have for years and years and we can't take her home. So we go home, um, you know, we, we get whatever sleep we could get and then we go to the hospital. And we did this like every day. My daughter was in the NICU for 84 days and we did this every single day. But there's this one day, this, there's a couple days that stand out. Um, I don't remember the date. I don't remember the date at all. It was, it was when my daughter was in the hospital, probably about, she had been in about maybe two or three weeks. And we, I will always go to the car to bring the car. So, you know, my wife could just meet me at the car and I'm walking across the parking lot and I'm just, for some reason, I'm just getting ready to lose it. Like my, I'm just I'm tired. I'm, I'm hurt. Like, I just want my daughter to come home and uh, I'm getting like, I'm getting ready to, to cry again. And my good friend, my brother, John calls me like right at that time, like literally as I'm about to start crying, he calls me and he says, uh, hey man, 
you know, I, I just wanted to check on you, see how you was doing. And of course, you know, I gave him the standard man answer. I'm doing okay. And, uh, but I was really hurting at that moment. Like I was really hurting, but I didn't have the, I didn't, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm sure he knew how hurt I was, but I don't think either one of us knew how to communicate it. Like, I, I think when he asked me, you know, that's just standard procedures, man. You ask how the person doing, and usually you get the response that I'm doing fine. So, you know, I gave him a standard response and, you know, but he, he, I know deep down he knew, but he just wanted me to know, you know, he was going to be in my corner. He was going to support me. And I, t I tell him all the time, you know, I still was upset and I still was hurt, but it, it snapped me out of it where I, I didn't lose it again. So, you know, I go home, we, we, you know, we go ahead and go home. And then there was another time it was, these are, these are times, the, the times as I mentioned, uh, like times where it was, you know, maybe the hardest times there. And this was around in like October. Um, Nia had caught a, I guess, a infection. She, she, you know, being in the hospital, you prone to get more infections, but this one was really bad. Um, it was bad to the point that, you know, we could see that like the doctor who was trying to explain it to us, like she, she, you could tell that she had been crying. And, and, and me personally, I had never seen a nurse or doctor like, with tears in their eyes like they used to be pretty stoic like they I don't know how they manage their emotions the way they do but somehow they do it so I could tell that it was serious because she you could just tell that she had been crying the nurse like she tried to you know she tried to gather herself before she talked to us but um you could just see the hurt that she knew like this was real serious so you know she tells us the news about the infection and, you know, me and my wife was, you know, we were really upset, of course, you know, because we knew, you know, this is going to be a battle for her. But I always knew, even when she was first born, I knew she would be okay. Like, at no point when she was in the NICU, I thought she wouldn't make it. I can, God knows, I never thought she was going to make it. It was just, I didn't want to see my child in that position, but I never doubted for a second that she would make it. So she had the infection um, and she had a rough night. She had a, actually, she probably had a couple rough nights, but, uh, you know, by the grace of God, she pulled through, um, took her a couple of days, but she came through with, through the uh, infection and she started to get better. So we, we fast forward to November. Um, that was, November was, November was when things started to turn the corner a little bit. Um, she started to get up to about two pounds, which ironically, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you come out at one and it's hard to gain weight, two pounds is a major milestone. So around November, like early November, she hit the two, two pound milestone and you know, November is the time when you got, you know, you got Thanksgiving. You, my wife's birthday is actually in uh, November. So there's a lot of things that, positive things that normally happens in November. But unfortunately, because of me being in the NICU, we didn't really get to celebrate that much. Um, we did have Thanksgiving with our family. Um, 
that was that was really hard to do because we we stayed by Nia's side at all times. Like we, uh, my wife literally will wake up in the morning, shower, get herself, you know, go get shot, you know, get herself together and go to the hospital. And she would stay there all day. And me, I would go to work and come home from work. I'd actually not come home from work. I would just, you know, leave work and go straight to the hospital. We did this every day. Um, it, it definitely, I'll admit that looking back, that took a huge toll on us just doing that every day because, of, you know, the stress of watching your, your child fight. But we knew that was what we needed to do. We wanted to make sure that Nia had our presence and she had our love. So it was very important for us to be there every day. And we did not miss a day. We were there every day. And we, we did not leave. We usually left around about 9, 30, 10 o'clock because that was the time she would usually fall asleep. So we would be there all morning. I mean, we would be there all day. She'd fall asleep and then we would go home. So we did that through the whole time. Um, fast forward from November to December. She's she's improving. Everything's going good. She's keeping her... <laughs> she's still small in December. She's probably, she's only three pounds. The, the NICU, they normally want you to be four pounds when you go home, but she was just so small, but she was able to keep her, her um, keep her temps up, take food. So around by December, they started planning for us to come home. Um, it, that, that process was different because um, we had spent so much time in the hospital that you know, we were starting to finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we knew we were close, but, you know, it's nothing like going home. Like, you know, that's that's the uh, that's the exciting part. But there were things that we were doing to prep for to go home. Like, um, I'm sure people who have a child in the NICU would know. I don't, well, maybe they do this in, in regular, I don't know, but um, they will have you do like the car seat test. And so when you bring your car seat up, that's when you know, okay, it's, it's, it's getting close. You're getting ready to go home. So we do the car seat test. Um, and that was from like December 9th or 10th and everything tested out good. And on December 11th, which was a Sunday, they finally released Nia. And when I tell you we were so happy to finally be going home, um, I'll never forget it because we would, I would always make that walk to the car um, knowing like, okay, you know, I'm gonna bring, pull the car up and, you know, my wife and Leticia gonna get in and then we going home. But this time, you know, we was pulling the car up I was pulling the car, but this time um, we all was going home. And that was a huge blessing. Um, I remember, I'll never forget it. I, I, the, the first call I made, I called my mother. And uh, before I can even get the words out, I just started crying um, because I had never been so happy and relieved at the same time. Um, it was just, it was just the feeling of knowing that 
you know, after 84 days of, you know, your child fighting for their life, being in the hospital, you know, you finally get to take your child home. You know, no, no uh, doctors, no nurses, um, no schedules. It's just, you know, you and you, you know, your family, your family, you know, your, your, your mother, the mother, the mother, which was my wife, me, the father and my daughter. And we all got to go home as a family for the first time. And when I tell you that was the best day in my life, just to know um, and God took care of my daughter. Like I knew he would, I knew he was going to take care of me. And I never lost faith. Not one time that I lose faith. Did I lose patience? Yes. Did I get hurt? Yes. I mean, I think any parent would tell you one of the most heartbreaking things is to see anything hurting your child. So to see my child having to fight every day, yes, did that, that, definitely took a part of me, but I never doubted that God would bring her through. So I called my mother, um, you know, to tell her she was coming home. And I just, like I said, I just remember crying. And I don't, I don't, I like, I don't even know if my mother, I'm sure my mother's, I'm sure she's seen me cry before, but as a, you know, as a grown man, and crying tears of joy, I don't know if she's ever heard that from me before. So, um, of course, me crying made her cry. And I, my mother's not a, uh, she's not a really emotional person. Um, she's pretty, she's pretty, uh, pretty stern, but she's not, she doesn't cry or anything like that. But, you know, I know she knew the joy that, we were experiencing getting to take me home and, you know, she knew the, the, the sacrifices that we had to make, you know, going to the hospital every day, being there every day, watching her, watching your fight every day. So that right there made her cry. And, you know, I'm just, you know, just looking back now, you know, it's, it's been nine years, but, you never forget those days. Um, you know, around this time, it's, I always think about, you know, where we were when she was born. So, it, you know, it can be a little hard, but you also just think about where they're at now. Like, I look at my daughter now, and she's beautiful. She's smart. She's funny. She doesn't have any health issues. Um, She's just so blessed, like, you know, it didn't have to turn out that way. Um, but God is, God is everything. And uh, out of everything he's done for me, making sure that my daughter came home and lived a normal, happy life. That was the most rewarding thing he's ever done for me. Um, I think every, like I said, people who have a kid, they, they have kids, they know what I'm saying. Just the, the joy of having a kid, um, just what they bring to your life. Your kids bring so much to your life. And 
just, you know, I, you know, she fought through that. Like she proved at a very, you know, from the very beginning that she was going to be a fighter. And that's, you know, it, that's just, that just was so much for me. It was just a huge blessing. And her name is, my daughter's name is Nia Monty Lamp. And ironically, my wife picked that name. And it means purpose and faith. And <laughs> right off the bat, like she came out and, you know, she had to live up to her name, like right out, you know, right out the gate. But, you know, God is just so good that he kept her. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to always be grateful for that because, you know, when you in that NICU, you'll see that not everybody makes it. Um, some kids don't make it and not even just the NICU, just in life in general. You know, people unfortunately lose kids. Um, you know, even when they get home, they can have a sudden death or choke or anything. It's a, just an accident. So for God to keep near through that difficult process and up to the day, she's happy, she's healthy. Um, I just give him all the glory. I, I mean, you know, I think anybody knows me knows that God is first and he, you know, he just kept my, he kept my princess and I'm going to always be grateful for that. Um, sometimes you just have to sit, you know, there's so much going on in the world to, you know, to have us trouble, to have us bothered, but you know, sometimes you got to just really sit back and look at the things that you were able to overcome. And that was a huge thing for us. Um, those times were tough, um, even with me and my wife, because, you know, as a man, you, you know, you're trying to hold it together. You're trying to be strong. And there's times where, you know, I wasn't there when I needed to be. Um you know, you, you're there physically, but, you know, mentally you're not there. Um, there you know, I, I would sometimes, well, on Sundays I would go watch football and, you know, maybe that was days and my wife needed me the most, but, you know, I would take care of myself. And I, I don't know if that was right or wrong, but that was just something that I had to do. Like I had to keep, some type of normalcy in my life during that time in order not to go crazy. So um, on Sundays, I would just go watch, I would, I would go watch the Cowboys game. That's my team, I'm a big Cowboys fan. I would go, I would go to Buffalo Wild Wings, it was right up the street and I would watch the game. And for those three and a half, four hours, you know, I would just, use that as my time to escape what was really going on. And then, you know, once that football game was over, I would have to go right back to the hospital. And it was tough. Um, but, you know, everybody has, a, a, you know, a story or journey that they have to go through. But, you know, we get through them. So that was just a, a huge blessing. And, um, 
I'm just so grateful. Like, you know, being a parent, being a father is so important to me. Um, because that, you know, when she came, when my daughter came, that was like, like, you know, that's you, you, your kid comes and you love them immediately. Like, as soon as they come out, it's a, it's a life and you love them. Like, you, they have, you haven't established, you know, you haven't established a relationship or anything, but that's just your DNA. That's a part of you and you love them. And as soon as Nia got here, I loved her and I just couldn't wait to get her home. And, you know, by the grace of God, everything worked out. It was tough. You know, there was some, there was some tough days in that process, but um, God kept us in. One thing that that kept us too was me and uh, me and my wife. We we have a strong relationship. We've always had a strong relationship. There's been things to test that over the years, but we've always remained strong, and that was the biggest test of our life. And we got we got through it. Um, that was one of the things that I really was proud of too. Um, you know, Nia being so happy and so healthy, but just us being able to get through that. Now, you know, we, we there was a there was a healing period that we needed um, because we emotionally went through so much. Um, we both had different struggles, like um, just with her. You know, as a mother, I, there's things I just can't relate to. You know, the the you know. That was a child she carried for six months. And, you know, when we, we take that for granted, a lot of people take for granted just, you know, first of all, just having a child and then getting, you know, getting pregnant and then carrying a child the whole nine months. And she didn't get to experience that. And that was tough. And, you know, at that time, I didn't, you know, I was going through my own thing, so I never really got a chance to think about that. But you know, if I've as I've gotten older and I've matured, I, you know, I can reflect back and think about the things she didn't get to experience, and you know, that was tough. But again, you know, God always has a plan, and you know, ironically, you know, after we had our kid two really good friends of mine had preemie. So because I because I went through that, I was able to help them get through that. And their kids are doing well also. Everybody's happy, they're healthy. So um, God is great. Like, I, I can't say it enough that he got us through that. And, you know, that's why when Nia's birthday comes comes around, it's always a celebration. We're always happy because we know it didn't have to be this way, but all glory to God that we get a chance to celebrate. So I'm always excited when September 18th roll around. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. I don't care how much rain we get. I don't care. It's a beautiful day because that's the day our princess was born. And we know she, she said it for great things. She, you know, she's nine. She just turned nine. So she got some time ahead of her great, you know, Lord willing. But she, we, you know, with me and my wife, we're going to get her through this. We're going to make sure that, you know, we all stay on this journey together. Like, 
this is our this is our princess, this is our baby. Um, me as a father, I'm responsible for her well-being. My wife as a mother is responsible for her well-being. And that's something we don't take lightly at all. Um, I'm praying that, you know, as Nia gets older, she understands how much love and affection that me and me and my wife have for her. You know, we only want the best for her. That's that's it. You know, nothing less. And we're going to continue to dedicate all our time, all of our energy to make sure that she continues to have a great life. She continues to be blessed and she she be and she's able to achieve everything that she set out to achieve. So um again, I'm just so grateful. I'm so happy that this day has come for us to celebrate our princess birthday. Um one day I hope she'll hear this. Um just I just love her so much. And I'm sure I could say the same for my wife saying she loves her so much. Um I'm gonna take this time too to thank the people who were there for us. Um, your love and support does not go unnoticed. Um, my my cousin, my cousin, my brother JP, he just always been there for me through everything. Um, I thank God for him. He, he's he's a he. I, I don't. He's a beautiful person. Like. Anybody who knows him, he'll give you the shirt off his back. He's, <laughs> I just struggle for words. I just say that he's, he's a beautiful human being and I love him. I love him with all my heart and I just thank him so much. Uh, my friend, John, um, that's Nia's godfather. Um, he would always, even, you know, he, he, he was, he's the true definition of a brother. He's a friend, but you know, Sometimes your friends become family and, you know, we, we're not friends anymore. We're, we're family. So, um, you know, I love, I love you, brother. You know, I don't know if I'm sure he'll hear this, you know, he'll listen to the podcast as he supports me. And I just, you know, I've told you, thank you before, but I just want to say thank you again, man. Cause you know, your love and your support, um, it means everything, you know, we, we, we talk, you know, a lot of people spend time talking about people who, you know, who hate on them or who not celebrating them, but, you know, we need to spend more time focusing on the people who love us and they behind us and they give us all the genuine love and support that they have. And that's what this brother's done for me for like 20 over over 20 this year I'm uh, I'm 40 so we're talking about 28 years of friendship and that's all he's been he's been a he's been a brother to me just supporting me every step of the way so we have to cherish relationships like that and I thank him from the bottom of my heart and I love him and I just thank him for all the support and everybody um you know that that day, that that day, when, you know, when Nia was born, that was one of the roughest days of my life. That was a rough day for all of us. But I thank my family for being there. I thank everybody. Like that was just so tough. Um, but you know, you get through the, those days, and now you know, I 
nine years later, I can look back and say, you know, that was a part of our journey and we got through it and we're blessed, we're healthy, we're happy, and we're just moving forward with the greatness. We're just going to keep plugging along and we're going to make sure Nia get everything she needs to be the woman that we envision her to be. So I'm going to wrap this up. I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, thank you all for your support. Um, it, it truly means a lot to me, the support that I've been given. Um, I've had people reach out to me on a personal level and congratulate me on a podcast. And it means a lot. I want everybody to know it means so much to me. And from the bottom of my heart, I thank you. Um, all I've ever wanted to do was get people the opportunity to share their story, to share their journey, because I'm sure to help one person if, and if it helps one person and then your journey was worth telling. So I just want to thank the people that support me. I want to thank the people who have, you know, lent their time to my podcast to be interviewed. Um, you didn't have to do it, but you've done it. You know, I've, I've reached out to people when they've accepted and they've been on time and they've, they've been there and supported me. And I don't take that for granted. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Um, again, I just want to take the time to thank everyone for listening. I truly appreciate it. Um, Nia, happy birthday, baby. I love you. And I'm sure you got many more. And God willing, we all have many more years to live. You all have a great day.